Section 2 of How a British Subject Became President of the United States by Arthur P. Hinman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kevin Davidson. A copy of the testimony offered, or a portion of it taken before commissioners, as to the elevated standard to which he raised the Custom House, virtue, while collector of the port, will be worth reading. It was published in The Reporter and Harlem Local, New York, May 26, 1877, entitled Custom House Investigations. On Monday last, the 21st instant, a delegation of Republican citizens from the 21st Assembly District called upon the Customs Investigating Commission at the Custom House and offered some interesting evidence. The first witness examined was Mr. John E. Hegarty, who resides at 1654 2nd Avenue, New York City, who testified as follows, that he was elected member of the 21st Assembly Association in 1871, and was appointed in the appraiser's department as opener and packer at $3 per day on the 12th of December, 1872, and discharged therefrom on the 18th of July, 1875. He demanded the cause of his removal, and was told by the superintendent, Mr. Lawrence Harney, that Mr. A. P. Ketchum had asked Mr. Darling several times to discharge all of William Haw, Jr.'s friends in his department, but he would not discharge him at his request then. Collector Arthur asked for our removal also, and finally Surveyor Sharp demanded his discharge, and Mr. Harney told me I was discharged, because I would not support the Custom House party in the district against William Haw, Jr., ex-president of the Republican Association, through which he was appointed, showing letters as to competency from his superior officers in the Custom House, having served four years in the United States Army during the late rebellion, and had an honorable discharge therefrom. The next witness was James O. Roper, who resides at 155 East 112th Street, by occupation advertising agent, Office 140, Fulton Street, New York. He testified that in 1875 he resided in the 21st Assembly District, New York, and had been for several years a member of the Republican Association in that district, and had been inspector of elections at their primaries, and was acquainted with Stephen S. Doty, a Custom House inspector, also a member of the Association. In 1875, just before the election of delegates to the Saratoga Convention, Doty offered to procure him a place in the Custom House if he would use his influence to make Henry Welch chairman of the Board of Inspectors. He doubted Doty's power to procure him the place, and William Starrett, also a Custom House inspector and member of the association, made him the same promise, and sent him a letter to meet him at the office of Surveyor George H. Sharp. He called on Sharp accordingly. Sharp told him that the collector would attend to the matter of his appointment at once. Also went to see Colonel A. P. Ketchum, general appraiser of Custom House, 
and also member of the association, who gave him a letter directed to the collector of the port, Chester A. Arthur Esquire. Roper did not read the letter, but Mr. Ketchum said it was in regard to his appointment. He delivered the letter to Mr. Phillips, the collector's secretary. Ketchum had before written him that his appointment would be handed him in a day or two. Afterwards he refused to make Mr. Ketchum's nominee chairman of the Board of Inspectors, and the place in the Custom House was never given him. He was told when they wanted him they would notify him. The next patriot was Payson Dwight, residing at 114 East 112th Street, New York City. He was appointed Inspector of Customs by Thomas Murphy, Collector of the Port of New York, upon the recommendation of Messrs. Edwards Pierpont, Francis E. Spinner, and Judge Noah Davis, on December 24, 1870, and remained in the government service until October 28, 1875. During that time he has acted as boarding, discharging, debenture, and district officer of the port. During the time he acted as assistant boarding officer, Surveyor Sharp telegraphed to the barge officer to hold the steamship Manhattan, a revenue cutter, subject to his order. This was about September or October 1874. He, Sharp, together with the collector of the port, General Arthur, boarded the revenue cutter and proceeded to quarantine and boarded the steamship Russia after sunset and proceeded to saloon of said steamship to receive Mrs. Secretary Belknap and Mrs. Marsh, who were on board, and had with them personal baggage. Mrs. Belknap's packages, numbering about forty-three, consisted of trunks and parcels. These were taken from the steamship Russia in the stream by order of Surveyor Sharp, without examination except thirteen that were in the hold of the vessel. Afterwards, Sharp wrote me the order for the thirteen to be delivered to Mr. Bliss, and for him to forward the same to the Fifth Avenue Hotel. Other evidence of a like tenure was rejected as being too remote altogether. The officials were then, and are still, federal office holders. Mr. Dwight gave some very interesting evidence as to irregularities and the mode by which certain abuses might be corrected to some length. The spokesman, Mr. A. P. Hinman, then informed the commission that several others would probably testify this week, and was answered that the commission would gladly hear all that he might induce to come and testify. William Haw, Jr., still a Republican in principle, residing at 246 East 117th Street, New York City, testified to the following facts. In the fall of 1866, he became a member of the 21st Assembly District Republican Association, and had previously been a member of other Republican associations in the city since 1856. He had been in consultation in the past with the various leaders of the party to secure the triumph of its cause. He was appointed an Inspector of Customs, September 13, 1861, by Collector Hiram Barney, and resigned December 6, 1864, to take the public store, carting of the Custom House, under Collector Simeon Draper, and held that office until July 1, 1866. 
He was then removed by collector Henry A. Smythe for the reason that he opposed the policy of Andrew Johnson's administration, and he was not connected with the Custom House thereafter. He was appointed inspector of stations in the New York Post Office on October 13, 1873, by Thomas L. James, postmaster, and was removed November 10, 1874, for the reason, as stated by the postmaster, that he did not obey the orders of General Arthur in relation to the political affairs in his 21st Assembly District. Mr. Haw here produced a personal letter from Horace Greeley. When questioned further on his removal, Mr. Haw testified that the day after he received notice of his removal, he called upon Postmaster James to learn the cause of his removal, and was informed that Collector Arthur had demanded it. Among all the Republicans in this district, great excitement had been caused about this time by the action and interference of Collector Arthur and Surveyor Sharp with the politics of the district by intimidating office-holders. It was insisted that they should vote and act as directed by the collector and surveyor. All those who attempted to assert their manhood by doing otherwise at the primaries were removed from office. Mr. Haw said that a few weeks before his removal in 1874, at the primary election held in his district, when delegates were chosen to the assembly convention, he was a candidate before that convention. This was composed of forty-two citizens, not one of them an office-holder, and he was their unanimous choice. He was driven out of the field finally in this way. An independent candidate was put in the field by the state committee, located at the Fifth Avenue Hotel, presided over by Surveyor George H. Sharp. He was requested to withdraw. He refused, and then General Arthur sent for him and ordered him to withdraw. He still refused. Then Collector Arthur threatened in these words that if he did not withdraw, he would slaughter him, and that he would slaughter his friends, and that he would slaughter his boy. Most of his friends were in the custom house. He defied him. Then the threatened slaughter commenced, and his boy was removed from the custom house. Here is a list. John E. Haggerty, from the Appraiser's Depot. Archimedes Bell, from the Appraiser's Depot. Benjamin Page, from Internal Revenue Depot, John L. Kingsland, from Watchman at Stores, Payson Dwight, from Inspector of Customs, Samuel Wallace, from Inspector of Customs, William F. Harridan, from Inspector of Customs, Joseph M. MacDonald, from Waymaster's Depot, Charles A. de Moline, from Waymaster's Depot, Nelson Mott, from Clerk and Surveyor's Office and many others. To save others from the slaughter, he withdrew from the race. Because their candidate was defeated at the polls on election day, he was removed from the post office. He had been ordered to elect the candidate. He couldn't, for the Republicans refused to support him on election day. At the primary election held the next year in his district, on September 3, 1875, for delegates to the Saratoga Convention, the Custom House authorities, Arthur, Sharp, and Bliss, desired to run a ticket against the Republicans in the 21st District, and Collector Arthur gave orders that all the federal officeholders in the whole city were to come into the district on the night of the primary and beat the ticket put up by the Republicans in that district. The orders were obeyed. 
Some came by way of tugboats, some by railroad cars, and some by way of steamboats. They voted on members' names belonging to the Republic Association in the district. He detected a great many and stopped them from voting. While he was so engaged, one General A. P. Ketchum, then United States appraiser, who now holds that office, was encouraging these repeaters to vote. When he found Mr. Haw preventing them from doing so, he called on the police and had him arrested for interfering with the voting. He was discharged after being detained about half an hour at the station house, as Ketchum did not dare to make a charge against him and could not find anyone to do it for him. He returned and continued to do his duty at the primary. While he was away they had done their work, and the people were beaten. At the primary election for delegates to the state convention held March 17, 1876, everybody who wished to vote, whether he was a member of the association or not, was allowed to do so. Men who were not known in the district deposited a number of ballots at a time of the color and size. Mr. Haw produced a very thin ticket about half an inch wide and two inches long on very fine tissue paper of a pink color, here shown. When one of these men voted, he would roll up twenty or twenty-five of these tissue ballots and deposit them as one ballot. When the inspectors counted the ballots, they did it by simply counting the association ticket and lumped all the other tickets as being in the majority, and the Republicans were thus voted down. Of the three inspectors, he knew that two were custom-house officials, and the other had been a plumber under the Democratic boss, William Tweed. Neither Mr. Haw nor anyone else was allowed to challenge votes at this primary. He further stated that General A. P. Ketchum, before he went into the United States Appraiser's Department, was Collector of Internal Revenue. One Captain Benjamin Page held, under him, the position of Assistant Collector of Internal Revenue, until removed as one of Haw's friends. He now has his office at number 2298 3rd Avenue, New York City. He informed Mr. Haw that while he was connected with said Internal Revenue Office, a colored man named Robert Jones was on the payroll at a salary of $1,500, while, in fact, he was manservant for said Ketchum and did no work for the office of any kind. On his forcible retirement from the Custom House, General Arthur immediately passed into obscurity. Here he remained until at the last National Republican Convention at Chicago in 1880, when the senior senator of New York, in order to handicap the man who had succeeded in obtaining the presidential nomination, suggested the name of Chester A. Arthur, a New York local politician, for the position of vice president. The senator himself well knew that his availability as a candidate would impede rather than help the head of the ticket, and that the presidential candidate would be compelled to call upon the senior senator to aid and assist him to even carry the state of New York. The political astuteness of the senior senator was thereafter fully developed and the terms of success imposed. The foregoing pages comprise a statement of facts which can be fully verified and are in the possession of the author. The following pages contain a portion of the affidavits, narratives, and letters of diverse persons in relation to the birthplace of our now acting president. The author has thought best to give them in full as they were collected, and from them the reader can draw his own conclusions. 
realizing that he is only one of the millions of voters of his native country, but believing that the Constitution should be rigidly regarded, and that the nativity of all candidates for the offices of President and Vice-President should be certainly settled, and determined before presenting them to the people for their suffrages, he respectfully asks for his book a thoughtful consideration. End of section 2 Recording by Kevin Davidson, www.blogordie.com.